One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, we got a hot podcast coming up. We got advice to comics, how to build a good set. We're going to dip into the oculate Chinese face changers. And I go on a tour bus to Canada. I'm Hannah Hogan. I'm Dusty Slay. This, this is, is the, the We're, We're Having, Having a, a Good, good time, time Podcast. All right. So here we are. Um... And we're going to get right into it. We've got a lot going on. We've got a lot of segments. We feel very pumped about this podcast. So we're going to get right into it. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. All right. Yeah, that's a good song. Though. It is a good song. Still a good song. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, so I'll just start here because where I've been is at home. I didn't even do the zany show that I said I was going to do. Uh, I just been at home. It's been a great time. I've been working on a TV show, and uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, I've been at home. And, uh, you know what, Dusty? The domestic life has just been really beautiful for you. And, you know, I came home this weekend after working the road and, you know, bringing back provisions for my family. And the house was clean. The fridge was full. The laundry was done. It was a beautiful thing to see my man really take care of things like that while I went out and provided for us. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And, you know, we lived in the old house. I had the backyard so I could play around in the grass and in the dirt. And, and I, you know, I actually really transformed the backyard of the house we used to live in. And uh, it was great. Yeah, I commonly refer to our old place as the rat house. The rat house. But the backyard, the house was great, though. We did. It was so good that rats wanted to live there, too. I mean, yeah. it was like everybody wanted to live there. But so I had that going on. And now that I'm here in this apartment complex, there's nowhere outside. We have a tiny porch. There's nowhere outside for me to do anything. So uh, I built, I've been building a box. I built a display case for a personalized display case for my CDs, my podcast cards, and my uh, social media cards that I hand out to people. And uh, I really got in depth with it. It started out as a very simple project. It has, and it's been beautiful to watch you enjoy some carpentry, some wood furnishing, yeah. um, some hinges. You really, you've really um, increased your knowledge with hinges. Yeah. And uh, I really understand hinges now. I realize yeah. that I didn't understand hinges mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if you have something that is unhinged and you're not really quite sure what to do about it, you can come over here and find us in our apartment complex. And Dusty yeah. knows how to hinge and unhinge a hinge. Right. He's a hinge master. This is actually the third set of hinges I put on this box. Oh, okay. Well, I take that back. No, I keep changing it. Yeah. Oh, you I mean, keep changing it. Yeah. Why do you keep changing it? Well, I find better hinges, and then I'm like, <laughs> I like these better. Your hinge OCD. Yeah. 
I am. And then I, I painted the inside of the box, and then the, the lawn maintenance people came, and, I, and they were leaf-blowing everything, and they just they just leaf-blowed the porch. And then there was leaves all in my thing, and I went out there, and the guy was out there, and he was sorry. He said, I'm sorry. And I'm not mad at him, but I just was frustrated. I'm like, why are we leaf-blowing my tiny little porch? Right. You know well, I mean? it's because – Probably 98% of the apartment complex is not here during daytime hours, so they can really get away with a lot of stuff, and we're the only ones that don't have daytime. I'm not mad at the guy. The guy, I was upset about my leaves leaves being in my freshly painted box, but I wasn't mad at that guy. Don't you touch his box. He's just doing his job. You stay away from his box, because his box is precious to him. He had made it, and it's his box, so leave it be. Right. So, where have you been? Okay, so I have been in Cary, North Carolina. I did a show there on Saturday night. At but the I, Cary Theater. That's right. I was there at the Cary Theater. It sat about 200 people, and I headlined that bad boy, and your girl did 58 minutes clean, baby. Oh. What do you know about me? Who am I? What am I capable of? I'm a monster of comedy, clean comedy. Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, Clean, super clean material is tough to do, and uh, 58 minutes is a long time. Honestly, I don't think I've ever done an hour, and I guess I can still say I have not done an hour, (laughs) but 58 minutes is pretty darn close, and I was, I mean, I was pretty nervous about it. Not that I couldn't headline, but that I wasn't sure how I would headline clean. So, um, so I did and, uh, I feel good about it. And, uh, and you know, I rose to the challenge. Well, that's, I like it. I mean, because I kind of exclaimed and and had that kind of expulsion. I'm glad glad you had that excitement. about. Yeah. The audience might be like, what happened to her? But she's excited. That's, I get really alpha and masculine when I get excited. Well, comedy is, I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, comedy is difficult, um, you know, clean or dirty and 58 minutes is difficult, clean or dirty. So uh, it's amazing yeah. that you've done this, yeah. and I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Cary Theater, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good time there. Yeah. Not an easy room, though. I mean, it's an older crowd. I mean, not easy in the sense that they're not going to yell at you, but they'll be quiet, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm very pumped about it. I had a great time there. The hotel they put you in there is very fun. Oh, it was nice. really nice. Yeah, I was in an old antebellum hotel, uh, like just post-Civil War, probably was created. So uh, there was uh, lots of really nice artwork and hardwood floors and nice carpeting and a lot of mirrors in the room. And I, you know, just, it was just like very delicate and serene and a very sophisticated environment. And uh, actually, you know, as I was walking around North or Cary, North Carolina, it really reminded me of uh, the Andy Griffith show. I feel like Cary really reminded me of, what is it called? Blueberry or Bullberry or... Mayberry. Mayor, Mayberry. Really well, remind me of Mayberry. I was going to pull up a song because when I was at the carry, that hotel, I fell asleep listening to, um, uh, you know, just Spotify. And this song came on and it, 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 it seemed like uh, it was by Jimmy LaFave. And it's called Walk Away Renee, right? And that. Don't walk away, Renee. 
back home. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and um, and I just, I didn't know if I had heard it before, but I woke up, you know, how sometimes you can wake up and you feel like you're in a weird kind of headspace. Like you're almost, it's almost like you're, you woke up in a different universe, you know, and you just are a little confused, but this song was playing and, and it was just getting dark. It was cold outside. It just felt weird, and the song really resonated with me, even though I can't really understand what he's saying most of the song. Uh, I listened to it several times after that, and I thought I was like a Jimmy LaFave fan, but I don't like a lot of his stuff. Interesting. But I like his version of that song. Sometimes songs just hit you real hard, depending on your mood, your environment, right really hard in that moment, and there's no real explanation for it but it's sort of like the, the the momentum and the vibe of the song hits you emotionally in such a way that you can't recapture at a later date yeah and sometimes that's not an emotional level you want to hit right before you're about to go out and do comedy Your name you know i mean i was like you know, i was in a like when i was younger i used to really get into songs you know i'd be like oh this song means something to me now i don't believe that about songs i don't believe that these artists have some special secret to the universe. So it sounds like this song, Don't Walk Away, Renee, really puts Just, you... It's Walk Away. Walk okay. Away, Renee. D- wa- walk Away, Renee. Yeah, he's actually saying do it. <laughs> You're adding a don't in there. Oh, and now okay. he's saying walk away, Renee. Oh, okay. Just walk away, Renee. Just walk away, Renee. Yeah. Okay. Um, sounds like that song really puts you in a state of torpor. I, d- I don't know what that means, but sure. Mm-hmm. And so, Cary, North Carolina, great time. And where are you going this weekend? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to just be at home in Nashville, which is like my first weekend home in a long time. But what are you going to be doing? Oh, my. I'm so excited. I'm going to be at uh, Zany's in Nashville. I'm going to be opening for Kyle Kinane. All right. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Very excited. It is exciting. Yeah, he's uh, super cool. We met him in Charlotte uh, a couple months ago. And I thought he was really cool. And then I started listening to some of his stuff because I, I wasn't really too, too familiar with his work. And I really, really like it. He's such a good storyteller. Yeah, it's exciting. We were actually going to be on these shows together. Oh, the yeah, three of right. us were all going to be doing these shows. But then I got uh, – and I was excited about it. But yeah. then I got a, a different opportunity. And, uh, well, I'd like to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, – but I do hate that I'm – I wish that the two weekends uh, weren't at the same time. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, I, I know it is kind of. It's too bad because it would have been really fun, right? But okay, so that's exciting. Kyle Kinane, very nice. Yeah, guy. come out, come out. Um, if you're in Nashville and you're listening to this, very out. nice guy, very funny. Yeah, what is it? It's it's th- Thursday through Saturday. Those dates are what the seventeenth, nineteenth. I think that's it, right? Today's the fifteenth. Yeah, seventeenth and nineteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So come on out. It's gonna, gonna be, be really exciting. fun. You're gonna really, really uh, enjoy him. He's really, really good. And then I'm going on the tour bus with Bert Kreischer, and I'll go Wednesday, uh, the 16th. I'll go to Toronto, 17th Toronto, 18th Ottawa, the 19th Indianapolis, wow, and the 20th St. Louis. Bazooka! So check those out. I'm pretty sure if you just type in Bert Kreischer uh, on Google, this tour will come up, and then just go if you'd like to see one of those shows. I'd love to... Uh, now, D- Dusty, keep it 100%. How do you feel about this? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I'm very excited. You've I'm never excited. you've never traveled uh, with with anyone on a tour bus before, right? Right. No, I've never done that. Aww. And uh, yeah, so, so very exciting. exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. So I'm pumped. 
So if you're out there, come see those shows. It's going to be fun. Hannah's brother's going to come to one. Yeah. And I'm uh, pumped about it. Uh, so, and then, so what we're going to do now Okay, is, speaking of Canada. Right. Speaking of Canada. We're going to go back. We're going to go into our next bit. This is. Okay, yeah, this is it. All right, this is a new <laughs> uh, bit from Hannah. This is a new bit. This is called Dusty Gets His Canadian Green Card Quiz. Canada. Oh, Canada. Our home and native land. True patriot love. With all our sons coming. All right. Okay. So, all right. So, we're going to start. Hannah's going to ask me some questions as if I'm getting a Canadian green card, and we're going to see what I know. About Canada. This is a this is a very legit quiz that I created while I was getting a pedicure yesterday, and uh, these are very severe and, and important questions that uh, any American will be asked if they want passage to the Great White North Tundra of Canada. And uh, I have ten questions for you, uh, Dusty Slay. That's your name. Yes. And that is your full legal name? Yes. Okay. And um, based on uh, your answers, we will calculate uh, your scores and determine whether you deserve passage to Canada. Dusty Slay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. And do you agree that your answers answers will be uh, 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 honest? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is Hannah Hogan. I'm your wife. Okay. Okay. Just gonna introduce myself on the questionnaire. Okay. Welcome to the Canadian Green Card Quiz Show, where we find out if an American deserves passage to Canada. <clears throat> Dusty Slade, the first question from the American Pie movie. Eugene Levy got his start on this classic Canadian comedy show. A. Kids in the Hall. B. SCTV. Or C, Degrassi Junior High. All right. I'm going to go with Degrassi Junior High. Ooh, I am so sorry. <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I like that, that it's is... multiple choice, though, because I at least have some chance. That is incorrect. The correct answer is B, SCTV. Well, SCTV is not a show, is it? Yes. I thought that was a network. TV. I thought it was a network. SCTV. SCTV is not a network. I actually put that one first because Re- I thought you would get it. Well, repeating TV over and over again doesn't answer the question. Is that a network or is that a show? It is a show about a fake network. Okay. Well, okay. that's... That's a tricky question. It is. And because I thought, well, obviously it's it's Degrassi. I didn't even give much thought because I assumed that SCTV was a network. Uh-huh. Well. So. If you have if you want clarifications on the questions, I do propose that you ask that before you answer and do not make stipulations after you have already Fine. failed. Okay. <clears throat> Fine. But number two, Kim Campbell, Canada's first and only female prime minister. Her tenure lasted for A, over nine months, but less than a year, B, two years, C, less than five months. Is this the family that created the soup? (laughs) No. All right. I'm going to say C, less than 
however many. Less than five months? Yes. That is correct, Dusty Boom. Slay. That is correct. Kim Campbell, uh, our Canada's one and only female prime minister, was in fact the leader of our nation for less than five months. I just assumed because I had never heard of her. Very good, Dusty. That's why I thought it must be very short term. Yes. I, I think that you should rely on your instincts and deductive skills. Question three, Canada has 10 provinces and three territories. Name the territory below. A, Nunavut, B, Newfoundland, or C, Petawawa. I'm going to go B, Newfoundland. Ooh, I'm so sorry, Dusty. <laughs> Newfoundland is a province. Ah. Is a province on the east coast. The correct answer is A. None of it. A. None of it is one of Canada's three territories. So, what's a territory? Uh, a territory, I like to think of a territory as a giant mass of land uh, deeply in the Arctic that only First Nations people live in. All right. So let's say this. So in – oh, like a territory for like for America is Puerto Rico. Yes. Because we have cities, which you have, mm -hmm. and then we have states, and you have provinces. Yes. So a territory is just like a province, but nobody really lives there. Yes, and it's in the north, and mostly aboriginals live there. So it's just like a national park. It's a huge – it's basically the Arctic Yeah. Um, with natives. Uh, see, if I had known that, I would have guessed one of those names that no Again, one Again, really I will pronounce. stipulate if you have any problems with the questions, you do well, uh, mark that before you okay. fail. Okay. <clears throat> Thus far, Dusty has got one out of three questions. So we're okay. We're okay. We still have uh, several more questions to go. All right. Number four, a colloquial term. When a Canadian says, I need a dart, they are looking for A, a subway token, B, a black pen, or C, a cigarette. Oh, geez. Well, none of this makes sense. <laughs> yes. So there's no deductive reasoning here. I'm going to say they need a cigarette. Dusty, that is correct. All right. That is correct. Often you'll hear someone, I'm going to go out for a dart, man. I'm okay. going to go out for a dart. And that is a cigarette. That is good, Dusty. You are now two for two. Where I come from, we call it a square. There you go, Dusty. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. Here a we are. A Lucy. Okay. Number five. Canada's national government is a A, a confederation, B, a republic, or C, a provincial assembly? I'm going to go C, provincial assembly. Ooh, I'm so sorry, Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. Canada is a confederation. Uh, a confederation. All right. I got nothing for that, Adam. <laughs> That's okay. I think you got this next question. But I think that if you want some entertainment, you should Google anything going on in the Canada, like, uh, I don't know what it's called. House of Commons. Yeah, because they have like a – I think I've said this before, but they have a, a judge guy like up on a real high seat, and they just argue back and forth, and nothing gets resolved. But there's just like a judge up there, like a wizard. Mm. 
Yeah, we got wizards up north. Yeah. Yeah, we do got some wizards, and I won't deny it. It's very fun. We got some wizards. Okay, number six, Dusty. What is Canada's official national sport? A, hockey, B, lacrosse, or C, curling? Well, (laughs) any of these could be the national sport because, I mean, but I'm going to say curling. Ooh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is a trick question that, you know what, even some ill-bred Canadians would not answer correctly. The correct answer is, in fact, B, lacrosse. Yeah, of course. Lacrosse is Canada's national Yeah, the one sport. sport that people don't know that people in Canada do. We're tricky. We're wizards. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, in colloquial terms. When a Canadian orders a double-double, they are about to consume A, a coffee, B, alcohol, or C, poutine. Well, I know this. This is coffee. Yes, Dusty. Good job. Yes, that is true. Yeah, and that's far too much sugar and far too much cream. That's Just go right. with black coffee. Just Consume it and, and and do yourself a favor. Yes, and for listeners that are curious, double-double is a term used in Tim Hortons, Canada's uh, beautiful... Two uh, creams, two sugars. Two creams, two sugars. A regular is one cream, one sugar. And, of course, a triple-triple would be three sugars, three cream. All right. How many of these questions do we have? We have just two, three left. Okay. Three All left. Right. Three left. Okay. <clears throat> Number eight. NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, recently abolished by President Trump, was originally enacted by President George H.W. Bush and this Canadian Prime Minister, A, Leon Trotsky, B, Brian Mulroney, C, Francois Voltaire. Francois Voltaire. Ooh, I'm sorry. Voltaire was an 18th century French enlightened philosopher. Ah. That is incorrect. Well, great. The correct answer is B, Brian Mulroney. Great. Voltaire, again, was alive in the 1700s. It's all the same to me. (laughs) It's all the same to me. Okay, here's one that I think you should get. I have confidence in you. Okay, number nine. Canada became a nation in this year a 1789 b 1812 1789 or c 1867 i want you to try stop don't give up 1867 which is your answer a or c c dusty that's correct all right it's 1867 canada became we know a confederation great i don't know if you know this about me but i don't really like tests so this is we have one more question this has gone on so long now that it actually feels a bit like a test i know and i've gotten a lot of wrong answers and i don't have a well i'm gonna tally it up shortly getting a lot of wrong answers is not my idea of having a good time all right we have one more question dusty i've had fun okay This delicious, easy-to-make meal is consumed by Canadians more than any other country in the entire world. What is A, Hot Pockets, B, Kraft Dinner, or C, Pierogies? B, Kraft Dinner. You got it, Dusty. All right. You got it. All right, let me tally up your check marks here. One, two, three, four, five. You got five out of ten questions correct. All right. Uh, which means you uh, fall in the center of well done. 
You are not a dumb American. You've shown an openness to another culture and deserve a passport to Canada. Okay. Fantastic. That's it. Fantastic. That was fun. But, you know, the interesting thing is the things that I knew about Canada were as a result of me being able to go to Canada. So if this were a passport test. It was a green uh, card test. Sorry, I, I messed up my words. Okay. All right. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Well, great job. Yes. Great job. Thank you. Sorry I got unhappy during that. But yeah, I didn't like how you started to diminish the test. Well, 50% is still failing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but- but if you had got even one more wrong, you would have failed completely. Yeah, I think that if we had done three questions, that would have been – we could have – you know, that would have been an incredible quiz. Well, you know what? I would have liked to have not spent a year and a half getting together a green card package to prove that my love for you is real. But I had to do that for my green card for America. Well, we had a good so time. So we don't always get to write the rules of immigration as is a topic that is hotly discussed right now in American culture. Well, so we had a good time putting that I think that we together. can all agree that it's not always fair to – Move to to another country. I, I think, think we can we, all agree about that. I think we had a fun time putting that package together. I did, but I'm starting to get a little stressed at your antagonism towards this test that I had a lot of joy not only creating but reciting to you. Well, great. All right. I had a good time. Okay. I had a good time. I'm glad it's over, though, yep, but it's I had fun. a good time. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's get the heck out of this <laughs> section. <laughs> I did have a good time, and I appreciate you putting those questions together. You're welcome. I just felt like that when you when – I used to host trivia, and when I would host a trivia night, the entire night would be 20 questions. Mm-hmm. So that was half the night we did right there. Yeah, but there would be banter in between, getting for drinks, booze. A little time to think about the answers. Yeah. Maybe a team. Okay, Dusty, let's move on. All right, let's do our advice to comment section. You are what you are. I'm going to make them an offer again. I don't know what you're talking about. This is uh, just an idea. I've had, you know, I've had some people send me some videos and I've watched them and I've been able to. Uh, you know, try to help with jokes. And I also met with someone the other day to try to help with jokes. Actually, I met with a guy and uh, we wrote this joke together. It was his idea, but we kind of riffed off it. And I thought it was very funny. And apparently, I didn't see the set, but according to him, he wasn't real happy with how it went. So that's why I think that it's important to talk about this sort of thing because you can meet with someone and write jokes, and together you find it hilarious, and you think, oh, this is great. This is such a fun, good joke, and then you go up and tell it, and it bombs completely, uh, and that doesn't mean that it's a bad joke, but it means that you know you have to spend more time writing on it because sometimes, you know, if an idea is funny to you but the audience isn't laughing, that doesn't mean that it's not funny. And it doesn't mean that the audience is stupid. It just means you haven't figured out really how to write and express to the audience. Okay. Do you you see what I mean? Yes. But this is my advice for someone that's looking to create a good set and they've never really created a good five-minute set before. This is what I think. If you have a controversial joke, I recommend leaving it out altogether. But if it's very funny and you're insistent on doing it, Save it to midway or towards the end. Don't lead with it. Don't lead with the joke that you think might divide the audience because that's their first impression of you. So if it's a joke 
that doesn't appeal to half the audience, now you've lost them. They're already tuned out to you, and you want to keep them. Make them your friends first, then hit them with your joke. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like when I'm, um, you know, seducing a man, like I'm always really sweet and cute and fun in the beginning, and then once uh, – I've I've gotten to a point where I can completely manipulate him. Uh, then I I start to get really insidious, and, and I'm you know I'm able to do darker, more twisted things, like create quizzes, yes. and embarrass him on a podcast. There you go. <laughs> I tell you, I wouldn't have been able to do this the first few months together, but you know, we're having a good time. Oh yeah, but no, yes. So it's a good idea to 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 bring the audience in, make them feel good, make them feel happy, make them feel good about what you're doing. And I also noticed this with one person's joke that they sent me. It was a, you know, it wasn't a political joke, but it was a joke about a political figure. And I think that's okay because jokes can be fun. You can make fun of people in a fun way, especially famous people that we know. But if you try to add in some kind of political angle or or something or another or take it too far, then again, you're going to lose audience people. Now, this is not about, I mean, you know, if you're well experienced and you have your own built in audience and you're like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, by all means, do whatever you want to do. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm saying if you've never created a good five minute set before, this is my advice on how to create a good one because you don't have a lot of time. So you don't want to upset the audience and then try to bring them back. And plus, if you've never created a good five-minute set, you probably don't know how to bring the audience back after you've lost them. So my advice is don't lose them. If you get way into the game and now you're so good and confident in your jokes, you want to lose the audience just to get them back, well, that's up to you. But if you get to that point, you don't need any of my help anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's great advice, Dusty. And I think that as you, you know, as you're creating your set, watch your video. And when you see the audience laughing, um, you're like, okay, that's funny. And when you see the audience not laughing, that means the audience didn't find that funny. That seems obvious enough. But for some reason, with a lot of people, it won't be obvious. And they, they'll, you know, I even have some jokes that I tell and they don't get laughs. And when I go next time to tell them, I tell it in the exact same way, hoping that maybe now the audience will laugh at it. I've done that lots of times with jokes. Eventually, I'll figure out something in there. But just repeating it the same way because you fell in love with the wording is not the way to go. You got to figure out how to make it funny. I struggle with it myself, but eventually I have to tell myself, okay, maybe this joke's not funny. Let me tell you, I'll tell you an example. I have this joke and, and, and I think it's good. I think it's really fun. And it ended up being like an eight minute bit for me where I talk about the song. It's five o'clock somewhere. But for about six months to a year, I, I, I cause I thought of an idea for the it's five o'clock somewhere joke. And I, my, my joke was, I, I like the song. It's five o'clock somewhere because like the guy in the song, I also think that my personal responsibility should never get in the way of my alcoholism. Right. And I thought that was hilarious, but it wasn't getting laughs. So because it wasn't getting laughs, I just abandoned the joke altogether. But then when I revisited it, I thought, well, maybe there's a different way to get into this joke. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. And through that exploration, I ended up writing a joke about the entire song. So this 30-second joke that I wouldn't abandon ended up being like an eight-minute bit. 
Now, do you think, though, that at the time when you first envisioned this idea, your your skills as a, as a stand-up weren't as quite sophisticated as they are now? So you needed maybe a little bit more time, experience, wherewithal writing jokes to now come to this joke uh, with a more creative and uh, thoroughbred expertise. Yeah, I think so. But but I, you know, I think that if you're doing comedy all the time, that's a natural progression. You know, you're getting better all the time. And that's why I think that if you wrote a joke that you can't make funny right now, don't throw it in the trash. Write it in a notebook somewhere and just revisit it later. Great. I love it. I love it. Now, we also wanted to talk a little bit about gatekeepers. Well, I've just been seeing this thrown around a lot. Like people talk about gatekeepers as if, you know, because there are people at clubs that book people and, you know, and and I I hear a lot of talk about it. And I just want to say that sometimes you may get into a mindset of that a particular club is not booking you based on some kind of vendetta against you or that, you know, you don't, you're not willing to play the politics. That's why the club's not booking you. And I would just say, if that's the way that you're feeling, there could be some instances where that's true. But also, um, you know, if you know that a club is looking for something in particular, like Hannah just recently uh, had a Booker email her asking for. Oh, yeah. Uh, Booker just asked me for clean female comedians that could do. 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah. So it's like that – the the desire for that is out there. That's why a lot of times I do tell people to be clean, not because it's the only way to get booked because dirty comics get booked all the time. But I'm trying to help people that are looking to get booked more often, and I think it's harder for bookers to find the clean comics that they need for certain things. So I just want to encourage people – to, to be able to be clean. You don't even have to be strictly a clean comic, but to be able to do your set without anything, without any dirty material, is a real skill to have, and I think it's one that everyone should have. And so the, what I'm saying about gatekeepers, if you think that's true, then I encourage you to you know, follow the steps that I talked about for creating a set. I mean, I think there's some very early ones, and if you want to send me your set, I will look at it. I can't promise how fast. Uh, I'll get to it, but I will check it out and I'll try to give you some advice on it. Um, but the, um, you know, and unless, unless I get flooded with them and then I may on the next podcast say, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. But if only a few people are sending them, uh, I would love to be able to check it out. But it's like, I think that, you know, you need to create a good set and then send that to whatever booker you're trying to get in with and say, I just like some kind of opportunity for a local showcase. And then when you get that opportunity for a showcase, and it may not happen right away, but when you get that opportunity, um, you know, take advantage, do a really good job, do your best, you know, don't use it as a time to try out new material. If you're trying to audition for the club, bring the A game, bring the best up. That's why I encourage people to be clean, because I think that if you can go out during your audition and show the booker your ability to be clean, then it opens more doors for them. The booker goes, oh, okay, I can use this person in various places because they have the ability to be clean. And then also if if you can't get that showcase, start hanging out at the club. You don't have to be annoying to the booker. You don't have to you know, 
try to talk to them and try to engage with them all the time. But being around, letting them see that, hey, you're there, you're hanging out, you're, you're trying to watch the better comics. A lot of clubs will let the local comics come to shows for free as long as they're not sold out shows. Don't try to go the early show on Saturday. Try a late show Friday or Sunday show or something like that, a Thursday show. But just be hanging out. Now, you can play the game in the sense of making sure that the book – it's like if you go to tip at a coffee shop and you put your money in the jar and the coffee shop worker doesn't see you, it's like you didn't tip, right? So you want to be seen dropping the money in there. So make sure people see you hanging out at the club. Yeah, and I I mean this isn't going to sound cool or um, I don't know, like – not, but this is something that I have seen work personally in terms of me giving compliments to others as well as others giving compliments to me. People, I like people who like me. So if I'm a club and I have a whole community of comedians to book and I'm aware of who the funny ones are for sure. But some of those funny ones never hang out, never go to the shows, never send a a submission with their video, never ask for feedback, even if they get told no, you know, don't come back with another thing, don't show support for the club. You're going to be more likely to work with people who are showing a real manifest effort um, to, to be a part of that club community. And... Also, for me, I mean, I'm just starting to sometimes bring people on the road with me for very illustrious road gigs, but I'm not going to bring people just because I think they're funny. I'm going to bring people because they've shown an interest in um, hanging out with me personally. They are nice to me and sweet to me. I am not oblivious to compliments like, Hannah, I think you're really funny and I would love any of your advice or anything like that. Or also just like, hey, I'd love to work with you sometimes. Because I I mean, because... What I'm saying is when I was in my 20s, I I didn't know any of that. And I would just let bitterness and resentment build up in me. And I'd be like, I'm so much funnier than all those people that are getting booked on this show. And this club never books me because they hate me. But I also didn't realize, well, I wasn't hanging out. I wasn't trying to be friends with people. And I was just walking around with a scowl on my face. So why would they book me? Let's use this. It's not like it's not rocket science. If you want to work a club, be at the club. Let's use this to transition into story time. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. You tell us a little story uh, or something about about your early days in comedy and how you, you know, you got over that sort of thing that you were just talking about. Okay, story time. Okay, so the reason we bring this up because, you know, I, I, I mean – it's really interesting for me to kind of like sometimes hear people be like, yeah, the club never messes with me and so-and-so never books me and I can't get this and I can't get that. And I still find myself being trapped in those kinds of thoughts um, because the reason is that I really relate to people like that because I was that person for a long time. I had a really kind of negative attitude and a tunnel vision of, um, you know, bitterness basically, like putting – you know, assuming that politics and all these kind of insidious things were solely responsible for me not getting booked or, or not hanging out with certain cliques in, in a, in a community. Um, and I will say that if you don't want to work clubs, if you think that they're hack, you hate the road, you think it's hat, then I'm not talking to you. But if you're like, I really do want to work more shows. I do want to like, 
get Brad on the road with me or whatever. Um, this is a little story or anecdote, which I hope you can relate to. All right. So it's Hannah Hogan. It's about 2011. And I uh, was an improviser and I worked for the Second City, um, but I just didn't feel like I was funny enough. So I started to do stand-up comedy. Now, because I knew that I had had success as a television actress, I was on a TV show at this time. I was like currently on a television show, a national TV show in Canada. I felt like all these people would bow down to me and put me on their shows. All these stand-ups would put me on their shows uh, because I had these TV credits in Canada. Um, but what I found out very quickly, because it was my first year in stand-up, was that um, no one really cared that I was on a TV show and that they mostly just wanted to know if I was a good stand-up. And I thought I was brilliant because I was on a comedy TV show. So I must be brilliant, right? Cause I'm on this TV show in Canada. But what I didn't realize was that I wasn't good at stand-up yet. And so I started to get very resentful to the Toronto comedy community, certain faucets of the co Toronto comedy community. Cause I thought like, what are they jealous of me? They want to put me on their shows cause I'm on television. They're just jealous of me cause I'm on TV and I'm pretty. This is what's, this is what's happening to me. Where it's like, Oh, I don't hang out with this crowd and they don't want to put me on their shows. And this, and this went on maybe for about nine months and I would, you know, show up to open mics and I'd get in fights with, degenerate male comics who, you know, had an attitude about them as well. And it, and just my whole focus, my whole idea of like people should like me instead of me asking myself, what am I doing to make them like me? You know? And yeah, I was really upset. There were certain things I didn't get that I felt entitled to. And it just, I was consumed by bitterness and that's not a very good feeling to have. And you know, the second I started to just get so sick of this poisonous feeling in my mind and my heart, I decided to make some real changes. So I stopped drinking at night when I would go to Mike's. Only that, in the morning. Only in the morning. Uh, so that really helped me a lot. And I um, also really started to pract practice more of a positive attitude. And that really happened. I also started showing up to shows that I wasn't on as a show of support. I um, reached out to comics that were um, more successful than me, and I asked them for advice on my set, and I asked them for strategic steps that I could take based on my level as a stand-up to improve. And slowly but surely, as my personal attitude towards myself changed, my attitude and the energy that I was giving off to people in my community really changed. And I wasn't even fully aware of that until maybe a year or two, three years in, Um you know, a, a, a couple people that I had become friends with said, you know, I've really seen a change in you. You used to really kind of, you know, be a B-I-T-C-H or, uh, you know, you really acted like you had your, your back up against the wall. And I think that that's a true, that's a true thing. I really did kind of have this attitude, but the second I, I guess, essentially humbled myself and didn't feel entitled, didn't compare myself to others as much and, and focused more on just getting better and being a, a good member of my own community, everything changed for me. And the second you stop blaming other people for the things you don't have, I think you're going to be a lot better off. And, you know, unfortunately, the longer you have those kinds of negative attitudes, the harder it is to erase some people's image of you. I mean, there are still 
shows in Toronto that won't book me at all. And this is after being on other TV shows and accumulating other credits and, and, you know, uh, creating a better reputation for myself, mostly with people in the community. But there's still people that have the same idea of me as this kind of spoiled asshole when I was 25. So the longer you have this negative attitude, the more people notice it and, and won't want to work with you. But if you can change there, are a lot of, and I assume good people will notice that and, and give you a second chance. I'm a person that gives second chances. So, so just be aware of that. And, and the moment, thank you, Hannah. You're welcome, Dusty. And the moment that you, uh, decide to make that change and you say, you know what? I am going to start taking control and I'm going to start, you know, you get that fight, you start going, all right, what do I need to do to get a real tight five? You gotta, you gotta stop thinking that people don't laugh because they don't get you. Uh, but but also at the same time, it's like maybe they're not getting you because you're not clearly articulating what you're trying to say. So keep working on it. Keep getting it better because you may have something that's truly unique that people just don't get right now. And if you're able to continue to work and improve, then what you're trying to get across to people will eventually come out. And then – Record your sets. You can go to Best Buy and buy a camcorder for 200 bucks. I just bought an MP3 player off eBay that's usually like 500 bucks, and I got it for 140. Um, so there's stuff out there. Uh, you know, get yourself a camera. Don't let the excuse of a camera's too expensive hold you back because a booker does not want to watch a cell phone video. I'll watch your cell phone video, but if the audio is not clear, no one will want to watch it. So I encourage you to then do that. Get your five-minute video together. Start with the funniest joke that you have. Go into your next joke. Try to find segues. I know that you know Daniel Tosh put out a CD once where he talked about abandoning segues, and then everybody thought, oh, we don't need segues anymore. But nothing really makes your set good like going seamlessly in and out of from joke to joke. Um and and pulling a five minute set together that people are like, wow, that was that felt like one joke, you know, and that and, and then have write yourself some callbacks in there. What helps me think of a callback is if I get my five minute set memorized and then I start saying it out loud to myself, then I think, oh, well, I could I could add that in here. It doesn't have to be big, but just a mention to an earlier joke will help really tie it together and then try to end as strong as you can. I mean, I know the idea is start strong, end strong. And I mean, you know, but you want to leave them with a laugh and you want to lead off with a laugh and then start videoing yourself and, and, and learning from it. And there are gatekeepers, but the gatekeepers aren't your enemy. Make friends with them. And show them that you are good. Show that you them that you are deserving of what you think you're deserving of. People want to work with people who want to work with them. Right. And also, and when you get those opportunities, be sure to have a sense of gratitude. Say you don't have to praise them and bow down to them, but make sure that they know that you appreciate this opportunity, whether your set goes good or bad. And then uh if you if you have their email, follow up with a thank you. Because that's going to make people appreciate that. Now, now that that's not to say you say thank you to them and then you say thank you in an email and then suddenly they start booking you. But that's just getting into a sense of gratitude is is very good. It's just going to be good overall for you in life. The more you say thank you to people and the more you appreciate the opportunities that you have, the more you will begin to appreciate things overall in life, which having that sense of gratitude 
is just going to make you uh, more thankful throughout life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. That's just important to me. I know that when I, think I it's really important when I put someone on a show, if they don't write me a message and say thank you for having me, I'm not upset with them, not at all, because I don't think I'm owed that. But when people do write me and say I appreciate you having me on your show, uh, it means something, you know. Yeah. So uh, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Check your attitude, basically, yeah. and be honest with yourself. If but, you want to work. You got to be someone people want to work with. But I just want to make sure to end it on a positive note in the sense that I understand, and you do too, where people can get with themselves if they feel like, oh, everybody's getting this and I'm not getting this. And why are other people getting these things that I'm not getting? That it can put you in a mind state that makes you feel trapped. And then once you get into that negative mind space, then then your mind starts telling you that people are against you, that everyone's against you. And you have to break free of that. And that's how you will start getting the things that you want to get. You start working hard, having gratitude, and uh, you know, and 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 you'll start to get and 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 seize the opportunities. Don't sit back and expect that somebody's gonna come to you. Reach out to them. And if they reject you, it's okay. You're going to get rejected a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Just get used to it. Okay. I tell my friends, I say, email the bookers, email all of these bookers, and don't expect a single response. Because then if you don't expect a response, when you don't get them, it doesn't affect you as much. And when you get one, you're like, oh, thank good. I had a friend email me yesterday because we always try to uh, exchange emails and, and talk about getting booked. And he said to me, I like emailing you because you actually answer me, <laughs> right? And, uh, and uh, well, it's true though, you know, because a lot of times you don't, but bookers get emailed a lot. So I, I get that too. You feel good? I feel good. I feel good about that. Yeah. I feel like that took a lot of time. This probably will be a bit longer of a podcast than normal. Well, do we have to do all the sections? I think we should. All right. I'm having a good time. I'm into it now. Do you feel good? I felt like that. I mean, I am. I I hope that. uh, If you dare say anything about that Canadian test. I hope that I don't sound like I'm going too overboard as a motivator. But I'm really getting into this. I'm Dusty get, Slay, wellness coach. I'm just getting into the idea of people being people because I, I don't think that people don't want to be good people. And I don't think that people don't want to succeed. But I think that people are getting very discouraged nowadays and they're discouraged easy. And I feel like rather than than asking themselves, how can I work harder to achieve the goal that I want – they then go, well, that's too hard, so I'm going to find something else to do. And it's like, no, if you really want something, you work hard for it, and you make sure that you get it. You don't be satisfied, um, you know. But the the reality is is this this is an an unfair business. There will be people who perhaps everybody would agree are more successful than you, yet – Less funnier than you. But what? There's lots of people who, who will achieve greater success than you ostensibly. And your, your rise or, uh, your, your ability to achieve the things you want may take longer than you think. And it may, it may go on a journey or a road that you couldn't have expected. We're not saying do this and you're going to guarantee success because there's a lot of comedians now in the world. We are in a comedy boom and, and, and there's no guarantee to it. But you know what? Like, the easiest way to not have all those things happen is if you have a really rotten attitude and if you are right. a person in a community that is cruel or mean or or 
unnecessarily antagonistic to other people in your community. There is no fair business. I was a uh, I worked for a corporation. I was a sales rep for a company that sold pesticides and fertilizers, and I felt like I was very good at that job. But it was a, not a fair job, and I was outmatched by the competition all the time. And they, the competition had more people, more money, more resources, and they had name brand products, and I was expected to compete with them. And it was an impossible task. And I think I did a pretty good job when I wasn't, uh, you know, drinking on the clock and stuff like that, and uh, and and you know, clocking into work and then leaving and drinking with some of the competitors and having a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I wasn't doing that, but I'm, what I'm saying is. A lot of things are unfair, and there is no guaranteed success. So Absolutely not. a bad attitude will not help you. So I think it's important to find something that you enjoy. I don't like the quote uh, that says, uh, enjoy what you're doing, and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't agree with that, and I don't care for it. Um, I think that when you when you do find what you enjoy doing, the work is more fun to you, and the work is easier. But there's still work involved. There's still comedy. I love doing this. But even this morning, like I have to do the podcast today because um, I leave tomorrow and we wanted to do it together. Uh, but I was stressed and I did not want to do the podcast. You yelled at your wife. I didn't yell at you. You but did yell at I didn't me. yell at you, but I, I was pretty frustrated. And all she had done is brought you joy this morning. And, well, that's not true. And, oh, Dusty. <laughs> but I, I, I just – you know, I'm just being being real here, and it's like I could have some kind of attitude about it, but I am very happy with the things that's happening for me. And I've been happy for many years with what was happening for me, even before I had the year that kind of year that I had last year. And I, I've been happy because I know what it's like to do a job that you don't like. Yeah, and if you ha- if you are pr- constantly having a bad attitude, you may achieve success. But this is the honest to god truth. The most unhappy that I was was when I booked a national TV show when I was 23 years old that lasted for 4 years and I was making a lot of money and I was absolutely miserable. I still felt tremendously jealous of other people. I had no perspective on how lucky I was to have this gig that to this day I have not gotten a gig that paid as much as it did when I that when I was t- 23 making that kind of money. I had no idea how good I had it. So if you're constantly practicing a negative attitude, when these wonderful things happen to you, you're not even going to enjoy it. You're going to be the same miserable prick that you were before. But the second you start being grateful for a damn like on Facebook or an email for a crappy road gig that's, you know, a thousand miles away, the second you start cherishing. For 200 bucks with no hotel. Yeah. The second you start cherishing those stuff, honestly, you're just going to like life better. And, you know, you can't make someone change their attitude. But if this is, if you're resonating with all this rant, then, you know, then, then this is speaking to you. Do what you need to do. Take the small steps every day to rewire yourself. When, when me and Aaron Weber, the, one of the last times we went on the road together, we had one gig and it was, you know, the gig, I'm not going to say who, who, who was booking it because, uh, it's not fair to them because that gig normally only did Saturday shows, but because they were trying to help me out on a run that I was putting together, they decided to do a show for me on a Wednesday, right? And the show, we got, we got virtually no turnout. It was a giant room and we had maybe 20 people in there. And then the regular sound guy wasn't there. So the sound didn't work. So when me and Aaron got there, 
there was no one in the room. Eventually, some people showed up, but there were no one in the room, and then the mic didn't work. Uh, so it had – I mean it was just everything about it said this is terrible. Actually, our hotel didn't get booked in time either, so we were booked about 30 minutes away from the gig, which is pretty frustrating. Uh, so everything about that gig seemed terrible. But then we went up there, and we had such a fun time entertaining those 20 people in the audience. That tw- that 20 people was very nice, very into the show, and they came for comedy, and they had a good time. And so I just think that you know sometimes I get in a situation like that, and I don't feel very appreciative. I I'm I'm uh, inside I'm upset that I'm like, oh, how dare there only be 20 people at this show. But you know what? I've had a lot of fun shows with 15, 20 people in the audience. And, um, and, and it, and so, I mean, that being said, it's just something, someone will always be more successful than, than you. No matter how successful you get, there always will be somebody above you. So sometimes you're going to sleep in a bed with someone that's more successful than you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, which is why I recommend getting a side guy just to uh, kind of keep you humble. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that being said, it's like, if you, uh, you know, if you, if you're just happy where you're at, then no one can take your happiness and don't let people steal your joy out there. And you know what? It could all be always be worse. Yeah. So count your blessings, baby. Because we only got one ride around on this crazy roller coaster life, and I reckon you might as well enjoy them ups and downs because eventually that train will come to a screeching halt. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to get jump right to the food on the road. I said food on the road. Food on the road. Um, Hannah recommends that if you're going to take a long trip, go ahead and pack yourself a cooler with some snacks. Tell us why. Well, uh, so Dusty and I are really trying to focus on eating healthier on the road. Um, and uh, so it's hard to eat healthy on the road. We live in the South. I mean, these people. It's hard anywhere. It's not the South. Well, it's harder in some markets. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you're just driving on interstates, all you have is loves and, you know, BPs, gas stations, Dunkin Which I donuts. love a loves. Yeah, but you're not going to eat healthy. So when you're not tired, like the day before you go on a trip, Go on over to a grocery store and pick up some snacks that are airing on the side of healthy, but maybe get yourself a little bit of a treat, but that isn't so extreme that it's going to make you feel bad traveling for eight hours. So what I did, you know, when I went to North Carolina, I bought myself some salty nuts, okay? And I enjoyed those nuts on the way up and on the way back, okay? I also got myself a couple fresh organic apples, okay? Because, you know, I'm like, oh, I just had some salty nuts. They're not really that healthy for me. But you know what? I also washed that down with a delicious apple, okay? But I didn't get, you know, any fast food this go around, okay? I didn't get any fries that are going to make me want to have diarrhea in the middle of my trip, okay? And they're not going to, you're not going to arrive at your venue and kind of feel gross because you just put all these GMOs in your body, okay? We cannot stress enough how important it is to eat healthy because we have learned the hard way, okay? So yeah, pack a cooler, get a little cooler, get a little ice pack in there, bring some water, bring some delicious snacks that aren't too unhealthy. Maybe get one unhealthy snack. Give yourself a little treat, something to look forward to. Get yourself an apple, get some nuts, get some sun seeds. Okay? I like watermelon. Yeah, Dustin loves a watermelon. I like the I like melons because they taste delicious. And they And they ain't bad to suck on too, right boy? All right. All right. <laughs> um, all right. 
All right. I like because they, they fill you up. They're filling, but they also don't have a lot of calories in them. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm no calorie counter, but I do notice when I, how my body looks when I'm eating a lot of Butterfingers on the road versus eating watermelon. I mean, Dusty, you got a little bit of a gut all the time, but you got a big one when you're not eating right. All right. So, but I wanted to tell, talk about one time, uh, on the road, um, they're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again Telling super funny jokes to all their friends Hen and Dusty are on the road again Yeah. Uh, Jim Seward took me and Kendra Corey uh, in his van, minivan out to uh, Newport News, Virginia to do Cozzy's. We had a great weekend. But Jim had packed this – Jim had a cooler that plugged into the cigarette lighter so that it stayed cool like a little mini fridge in there. And he had packed like some pastrami and the way it sat in the cooler, I I don't know, the smell got trapped in there. So every time he would open the cooler, that smell of pastrami would just kind of fill the the car. And not like a – when your pastrami sandwich comes out to you in a restaurant, you're like, ooh, this is delicious. It wasn't like that. It was like – it was like a just a, a, a gross – it smelled like – A carcass. It, it smelled like a burp. It smelled <laughs> like a giant burp oh, yeah. in the car, and uh, and it was just gross. And I and Jim noticed it. Everybody noticed it. I mean, I'm sure the sandwiches were delicious, but I couldn't eat it after smelling that. So, <laughs> oh, that's so gross. So just don't pack pastrami in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, get just – I would not even recommend packing sandwich meats unless you're – you're going to stop at the rest stop and have a picnic. <laughs> Go for finger foods. I like nuts. I like fruit. You know, get that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, and then this is our last thing. I want to talk about this. This, this is, is a conspiracy. We haven't done a, this in a we while. We haven't done a conspiracy in a while. Here's a conspiracy. Bigfoot. Urban legends. Ghost exist. So this one is something – I was watching a video about magicians the other day, and uh, I get into – That's our foreplay. Well, I get into these sorts of things because I'm not into magicians. I don't like magic. I think it's bad. I think magic's bad. And um, <laughs> But – so I was watching a bit of a conspiracy video on different types of magicians and are they – demonically possessed right and (laughs) i'm not willing to say that they are or aren't but what i will say is that some of these people do some pretty amazing tricks and i think that you know we've been fooled in a sense to think that so much of it is sleight of hand but uh david blaine and uh david copperfield and chris angel i mean the things that these guys do is like i don't know you're not just holding cards up your sleeve Right. So it's really magic, which I'm sketchy of anyone that can really do magic. Yeah. He could be a staff member for Beelzebub. Yeah. Yes. But the Chinese face changers was something that I had never heard of. Apparently, it's an ancient thing. It's been going on for, uh, I don't know, at least hundreds of years. And what these, these guys come out, they have a, they're almost in like a samurai suit and they even have the helmet like a samurai. And then they have a cape attached to their arms and they kind of wave it around and they'll wave the first, if you go watch Chinese face changers, they'll wave the, 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 the cape in front of their face and this mask 
They'll have no they'll have no mask on, and then a mask will physically manifest on their face, right? And then they'll wave the cape, and then that mask will completely change to a different mask, right? So you see them waving the cape in front of their face, and you think, well, they must be doing something with their hands, even though that would be an incredible feat. It would be incredibly fast. But then later, they're changing the mask without even waving their hand. It's a physical mask. It's not a image of a mask. And the mask just completely changes. It's a very bizarre thing. Even a couple of the videos said, secret revealed how they do it. And not a single one of those videos revealed how they did it. One of the videos showed in slow motion one of the masks kind of coming down and then disappearing. But uh, that doesn't say anything to me except that one mask came off and there was another underneath. But in the beginning of the video, he doesn't have a mask. So and, – and, and where are these weird-ass uh, dissolving masks? Where do you find that at? I'd like a dissolving mask that I could just wave a cape in front of my face and it fall off and disintegrate. I got some friends that can do some pretty – awesome card tricks. Well, the Chinese empire has been around since time foretold. So the things they got up their sleeves, us in the Western world, we don't dare to comprehend. Well, I just, I mean, you know, we have, you know, David Copperfield did some pretty amazing things, uh, you know, and it's, uh, but I, I just think I watched a, you know, a conspiracy video on magicians throughout time. And, you know, I worked with a guy in, uh, uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, at a road gig down there, and uh, he had some magic tricks. And I worked with a guy, Marty Polo. Uh, Marty Polo. Oh, I worked with Marty. Yeah, he's got some magic tricks. But those guys are definitely. I once worked with a sex offender magician. Yeah, but those guys are definitely doing tricks. The face changing thing—it's bizarre to me. If anybody knows about it, I'd like to—I'd like to hear about it. So let me get this straight. Are you surmising that perhaps this Chinese optic magician is in fact not a magician but a wizard or warlock? Yeah, I'm not saying anything, but you know, I mean wizards and warlocks, I mean that sort of thing is talked about, but it's kind of talked about as some kind of legend, you know, like a like a fake thing that we made it up, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I just don't – like why uh, – we're just making up these things? We're just creating them? Or did they exist at one time and then they've just kind of – I think they still exist. I think it did exist at one time. It still exists. It's just kind of going underground and now a wizard doesn't necessarily wear a funny hat even though the Chinese face changers wear robes and a funny hat. <laughs> what is their name – like, is it translated literally to Chinese face changer? I don't know. And I, you know, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the art form, but okay. I typed in Chinese face changer on YouTube and that's what came up. Okay. I'm sure there is some other term, but it is a Chinese tradition and they are changing the face. Yes, they are. And it's pretty unbelievable. It I just certainly, is. I just want people to watch it because at first, you could watch it and easily be like, I'm not that impressed by the trick. 
because it's not he's not disappearing. He's not sawing his body in half. He's not changing one dollar bills into a hundred dollar bills as I've seen Chris Angel do. He's not making a cup of coffee turn into a cup of change as I've seen these magicians do. Uh, he is just changing the mask on his face in rapid time, mm-hmm. and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and I just want people to check it out. Check out those Chinese face changers, and tell us about Wendy Williams, excuse, though, real excuse quick. Excuse us if that is a pejorative term, Chinese face changer. What have you been hearing about Wendy? Williams? Well, Wendy Williams, it's more of a uh, celebrity gossip culture, but basically, she's been MIA. She hasn't returned to her own uh, TV show for about a month now. People are postulating that she is uh, hooked on crack cocaine. People are saying that she's maybe just dealing with some domestic issues with her cheating husband who has apparently fathered a child to his mistress. Um, and uh, yeah, it's some more celebrity culture. But well, then I like, would lean to that. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're, you found out your husband had a baby with another lady, that might cause you to take some time off of work. Honestly, I would be relieved. <laughs> I'd be like, good, go take care of that family. Let me be. Let me read my books. But. Wendy Williams had a thing a while back where she was dressed like as the Statue of Liberty and she fainted. Yeah, well, but, well, that's what caused her to leave her show because just before the holidays, she was severely slurring her words on camera. She seemed like really jacked up on something. Yeah. Some people are saying, you know, crack some people because she used to have a crack cocaine problem. Uh-huh. Some people are saying she's on painkillers because she, she, she also was showing up to her show in a sling, like her hand was in a sling. So she had injured herself. No one's really sure what happened to her. Why did she get injured? Did she fall down because she was on drugs or did she get hit by her husband? People aren't really sure what's going on with her. But because her show is all about her gossiping about other people's lives, people are finding it a little hypocritical that she's not, you know, being explicit about, you know, what's actually going on in her own life. So people are also calling karma on her because she was kind of the gossip queen and now she's going, you know, mum on what's going on in her own life. Um, so she could be, she could be an Illuminati victim. She could be a victim of, um, an unhappy marriage. She could, uh, have a, a addiction problems. I like that uh, you I casually, postu- I, I postulate that it's all three, honestly. I like that you casually slipped in victim of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm trying to just live out here. I don't want to get, I don't want to get caught up. Yeah. You know, in the matrix. Well, uh, I've had a good time talking to you. I've had a good time talking to you. I'm sorry that I criticized you about the quiz. I accept your apology. I thought it was I thought it was a, 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 a I mean it turned out to be a real test. And I only got half the answers right. Well, and, you know uh, when your wife does something, she does something. Yeah, and I'm pretty pretty upset that I failed the the test. Basically. Well, you got 5 out of 10. That's not a fail. That's like this is it's an almost fail. All right. It's well, an American success, honestly, because well, I, I didn't think you were going to get any right. I was quite worried. Once you got that Eugene Levy question wrong, I thought, oh, well, I'm no. going to be honest with you. I don't know a lot about Eugene Levy. <laughs> He's not exactly a star. Yeah, like- but of all the Canadian export comedian. That's why I prefaced it as saying the American pie Eugene Levy to I reference a know, movie you would have watched. I know who Eugene Levy is. Yeah. But I don't follow his career. Well. You know what I mean? Like, I liked him in that movie. We watched him in the movie with uh, uh, John Candy. Right. And John Candy was also on SCTV. That's where they met. Yeah. I, so I thought that's what, what I thought. What was that movie called? It was John Candy, Eugene Levy, and then the guy in Happy Gilmore who toler- who 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 Kind of badgers Happy Gilmore. Uh, John uh, Joe Flaherty yes. is also a Canadian. All yeah. three of them. Are I know Canadians. they are. Yes, I don't know. But that movie was fun. 
Anyway, all right. Well, I've had a good time. My name's Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah Hawkins. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram. I am at Dusty Slay. She is at Miss Hannah Hogan. Our website, uh, DustySlay.com and HannahHoganComedy.com. And uh, thank you very much. We're having a good time. Have fun in Canada, Dusty. Thank you. And when I see the sign And it points one way A lot I used to pass by Every day Just walk away